Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. CM Punk makes his decision. Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura battle in the main event. And, and talking the main event, main event, Jey Uso tackles Drew McIntyre. Yes, this is Monday Night Raw's review on the Hitting the Turnbuckle channel. With me, your host, Adam Cousins. And Raw started off with... The main event, Jey Uso uh, against Drew McIntyre in a somewhat of a grudge match the last few weeks. Uh, Drew McIntyre has finished seemingly turned heel now. Um, he attacked Seth Rollins and Jey Uso at the end of their world title match last week. He injured Sami Zayn, putting him out indefinitely uh, for his match last week on Raw. So these two, Jay and Drew, kicked off on Raw in what was a main event style match, just opening the show. Lots of great action in this. Drew McIntyre's heel run is starting to take uh, full effect, starting to take shape. You're seeing more of this whole... It's kind of a weird heel run for this because you kind of understand where Drew's coming from in a lot of this, but you can also understand a lot of people saying, let's just let it go, Drew, and he won't let go about the stuff with the bloodline. He did also cut an interesting promo as he was walking to the ring, mentioning uh, the fact that nobody wants CM Punk here and that Adam Pearce should just basically kick him to the curb. Uh, but anyway, uh, the finish of this match was a Drew McIntyre raked the eyes of Jey Uso and then hit him with a claymore while the referee's back was turned uh, and pinning him one, two, three. Um, McIntyre picks up the victory there and, and we'll see what happens with McIntyre going forward. There is an announcement later on on Raw uh, that kind of shows you the, the trajectory or where McIntyre is going next. We'll get into that very, very shortly. Uh, there was a bit with a judgment day out the back. Finn Balor wasn't happy that him and Rhea were away for a week. Dominic and JD McDonough couldn't get the job done against the Creed Brothers on Raw in last week's tag match. Uh, Dominic Mysterio also losing the North American title at NXT uh, pay-per-view on the, the weekend. So he wasn't happy there, but this and Rhea Ripley also wasn't happy. She's come back. She's taken on Maxine Dupree uh, later on, and she did say it's time for everyone to row uh, why the Judgment Day still runs raw. Um, there was a bit, bit with the Alpha Academy and the Creed Brothers and our truth who was coming along to dress up the, J, the Judgment Day's locker room with Christmas lights. Um, but they were also just hyping up Maxine Dupree and getting her ready for her match against the Eradicator. Uh, Rhea Ripley. Um, what followed off that was another fantastic promo from Shinsuke Nakamura, basically saying that he has been reborn thanks to Cody Rhodes, uh, and their matches is, is a bit later on on Raw. But again, I've said this week after week, this is the Nakamura that we wanted years ago, and it's now got to a point where, and, and I've said this even about uh, Wardlow on the AEW review, is it too late now? for Shinsuke Nakamura to take him as seriously as the WWE are trying to get us to, to portray that he is. Um, I don't know for that. I think the, the jury is out on that. And um, the next match was Rhea Ripley against Maxine Dupree. Um, it didn't last long. They had some awkward moments in there. And I think that's more... These two haven't really fought before. Maxine's quite new uh, into the ring, into the ring side, into the ring stuff anyway. 
Um, there was a bit of the power bomb, which didn't quite go right. They had to do it again. The Hurricane Rana was a bit missed from that. I'm not a professional, but you know when something goes wrong, when it, when it doesn't go right. And it kind of threw that match off a little bit. Uh, even the um, pump handle slam from Rhea Ripley, um, that she normally, the Riptide, sorry, that she normally does, uh, didn't quite work. And then she put her in the prison trap um, afterwards. Now, interestingly, uh, Ivy Nile from Diamond Mine was in Maxine's corner in this match. And after the fact that Rhea Ripley wouldn't let the prison trap go, Ivy Nile got in the ring and had a stare down with Rhea Ripley. That is a match I would love to see. Ivy Nile may only be a pocket rocket, but she's like a fridge. So it would be a really good match to see that in the future anyway. Um, the top of the hour brought the decision from CM Punk. Adam Pearce was out with his contract. I never know how they get so many contracts done on this show, but he was out with his contract and out comes the best in the world, self-proclaimed uh, best in the world, CM Punk. And it was all about where he was going to go. Is he going to go to Raw? Is he going to go to SmackDown? Is he going to go NXT? He did tell a story that when he was last in Cleveland in WWE, when he walked out of the company nearly 10 years ago. So how things, and you know, he's talking about how he wanted to main event WrestleMania, how he was the champion. Randy Orton kicked him in the head and he got stripped of the title and he wasn't happy. So he come to... He come to SmackDown, he spoke to Nick Aldis, he spent time uh, with Shawn Michaels on NXT, but the best deal was won by Monday Night Raw, and he chose Monday Night Raw, signs the contract, he gets up on the top rope to say best in the world, but then Seth Rollins' music hits and out comes another one that self-proclaimed the best in the world, the visionary, the world heavyweight champion Seth Rollins. And this is where everyone is just rubbing their hands and waiting. And we got a pipe bomb-ish promo, but from Seth Rollins and not CM Punk. Seth Rollins is like, Punk, this is your last chance. And, you know, nobody wants you. You're on your last chance. I hate you. These are words he said. He hates him. But if he was going to be anywhere, he wanted him to be on Raw because when it fails... He can kick you out of the door. Uh, and, if by, and if by some miracle it doesn't foul, maybe you'll get the shot at the gold and I can run rings around you in the ring. Uh, which was interesting. Punk then gets back on the mic and says, you know what, I'm not going to here to have things handed to me. I earn them. And I'm going to earn them one way. And that way is by winning the Royal Rumble. So he made Adam Pearce make that official that he was going to be in the Royal Rumble match in January. And they had their stare down and walked away. And that was a, yeah, it was a really powerful promo, um, which was really, you know, really sort of in, in your face and it got you going. Everyone's been a bit disappointed with CM Punk and, and his promos at the moment. And I think right now it's let it wait because when he does go in, I mean, he didn't go in on Seth Rollins. I think he mentioned him there being him not even being the man in the, his relationship, let alone on Raw. But that was, I think that was backstage, at some, maybe on SmackDown or something like that. Um, might have been on his SmackDown promo, actually, that he'd done. So give it time, because when he does get the mic and he does get the opportunity to uh, drop a bomb on Seth Rollins, I think he will. And it will probably be maybe next time he's on. I don't think he's advertised for next week. So we'll see when that is. Um, welcome to Meat Slapping Town. Bronson Reed against Ivar in another one of those absolute 
bangers with these two big guys flying around the ring like anything. And do you know what I really liked about this more than anything else? The 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 match ended with a superplex off the top rope by Bronson Reed. No, the ring did not break. It wasn't one of them. It was the superplex off the top rope and a one, two, three for Bronson Reed. What I liked about it was that, you know, when you add a bit of realism, if you've got two big men, one they both fly off the top rope, one of them drops something on the other one or hits them with a suplex off the top rope, the impact of that is likely to be the end. So that was a really great ending in a match that was just two big guys beating living shit out of each other. So I really enjoyed that one. Um, I can I enjoyed quite a lot of things at that point. Um, we went backstage uh, for a bit now, and CM Punk had an interaction with the Judgment Day, and he, Damian Priest said he hopes that CM Punk does finish his story because that's when he'll cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, and then our um, <laughs> truth uh, was uh, in the ring at this point, and he basically he's done the clubhouse, he's done some decorating and all of this, and he wants to be the like the Judgment Day. And uh, Damien Priest gets on the thing and says, Truth, you're a funny man. I understand why people like you. The locker room likes you. Everyone in this building likes our truth. Everybody loves our truth except me. And with that, the Judgment Day gang up on our truth until the Creed brothers walk to the ring uh, and make the save. Now, going back to what I said earlier on with Drew McIntyre, we're saying where we're going to be. This time he has a face off with CM Punk backstage. And he doesn't care about Punk's story. All he cares about is his story, winning back the World Heavyweight Championship, which has been granted to him, a championship match, which has been granted to him on the January the 1st Raw. The first Raw of the new year will kick off Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, World Heavyweight Championship. Punk turns around, walks away, and walks straight into Kofi Kingston, Chad Gable and Ricochet, he embraces Kofi Kingston, says, you're making me crazy. Kofi says, I don't do that anymore. Um, sh shakes Chad Gable's hand and said, I've heard a lot of good stuff about you. Shakes Ricochet's hand and says, I heard you suck at video games. That's an AEW reference to Kenny Omega, if those of you didn't know. Uh, so it was quite a funny there. Then we had uh, Catania Chance and, and Caden Carter versus Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Uh, this was a st standard run-of-the-mill uh, tag match, which uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter pick up the win uh, with the after pie. Um, not a lot really more to say about that one. It was just, you know, you're expecting uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter to get the opportunity to go for the Women's Tag Team Championships. So I'm expecting that to happen in the next week or so. I think it's even on next week's Raw, actually. Uh, they'll get their chance. So it was a standard match. It's nice to see Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell actually wrestle instead of just being backstage standing around. So that was a good one. Um, we now come to another segment, and we're talking bombs. Becky Lynch and Nia Jax. Now, the history lesson for those of you, maybe new fans, new fans of the product, new fans of WWE. Many, many years ago, maybe five years ago now, maybe, um, they were going to have a Survivor Series. It was Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Becky Lynch was a part of it, and Nia Jax was on the other side. Nia Jax punches Becky uh, Lynch in the face, it made her nose explode. And there's always this picture that you see of Becky Lynch standing in the crowd, nose all over her face. And that's how she become the man. So she does have a lot to credit Nia Jax for, but she didn't let her, she didn't credit her for anything. Um, you know what she said, the last five years, nearly everybody has thought has tried to use this as a burn. Uh, I think it's time we get to the root to the problem. 
Naya and I have kept missing each other. I went on to main event WrestleMania. She gets on. She went on to get double ACL surgery. And even her own knees can't stand up for her. Jesus Christ. Anyway, they kept going on back and forth. And um, ultimately, they didn't fight yet. Uh, when Becky Lynch did say that she's come to Cleveland for fight. And Nia Jax went, you need it more than I do. And, and that was the end of that segment. But... We will get that match eventually, and it will be very, very interesting when we do. Um, Imperium and DI, uh, Imperium versus DIY and The Miz in six-man tag match was next. This was a really good tag match. I don't know why the crowd are not connecting with Gargano and Champa. They're two great wrestlers. NXT, they were amazing. Few, their feuds, the DIY as a tag team, their big feud, the blow-off, everything was great. You get caught up to the main roster and you can barely get enough people cheering for them that go to a National League football game than what you get on, on, a, on a Raw, which is a shame because they're really talented. This match was really good. It was a really good six-man tag match between these two teams and I uh, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, the Miz and DIY pick up the victory and Gunther uh, does grant the Miz one last opportunity uh, for the Intercontinental Championship, but if he loses, he will never get an opportunity to fight for the title again while the Gunther is champion. And the Miz picked up the victory of the skull crushing finale in that match. Um, no, so next week, as I mentioned, the uh, it will be the Judgment Day versus the Creed Brothers, and it will be the Chelsea Green, Piper Nibbin, uh, Katani Chance, Caden Carter, both for the tag for the, those tag team titles, a tag team title heavy edition of Raw next week. Shinsuke Nakamura, Cody Rose main event was an absolute barn burner. It was a great, great match. First time ever these two guys had gone against each other. Was really good. A really good counter to the Cody cutter from Nakamura uh, into an arm bar. It was, it was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Really loved it. Um, the finish come when Nakamura sprays red mist into Cody Rose's face, gets disqualified, starts beating down Cody some more. And then the Creed brothers again make another save, this time helping Cody against Nakamura. But it, this was a really strong Raw. I really enjoyed it. Again, another three hours where I didn't fast forward, which is always a good sign for me. Uh, I understand that CM Punk and Seth Rollins' is a segment garnered nearly 2 million viewers alone. I think it was 1.8 million viewers alone. And just on some other associated WWE news with CM Punk, his merchandise has already hit six figures since his return two weeks three weeks ago so he's obviously making big money and his first match has actually been announced uh he will take on dominic mysterio at a house show uh, i think it's over the christmas period he will that's when he'll be doing it um interesting that it was not on it's not going to be on telly uh his first match back but he's going to be facing dominic mysterio the man everyone loves to hate um and the other good thing about this is that, and it's not talked about enough is we all know wrestlers schedules are really long and laborious and they're here there and everywhere from what i understand after next week's raw they actually get the week off until boxing day i think they're at msg doing their uh, annual um, uh, MSG show at Boxing Day. So, you know, usually they're, they're flying to and from places. But after Raw next week, I believe the Raw people, the Raw roster, are not back until the 26th, which is really nice. I'm not sure if that's the same for SmackDown, because Raw might be a best of on Christmas Day, or Boxing Day when it airs over here in the UK. Um, and SmackDown, I'm not sure if they're going to do a best of or whether they'll be flying in. But whatever happens, they're going to get a week off. And... 
TKO, the owners of WWE, uh, yeah, pretty much the owners of WWE, uh, are now also considering condensing house shows so they don't do as much. And I think that's more of a cost-saving exercise more than anything else. But I suppose in a way wrestlers will like that because it's less toll on their bodies, but it's also more chance for them to sell merchandise. So it probably, you know, evens itself out. Uh, But Raw for me, uh, I'm going to give that... Yeah, I'm going to give it an 8. 8 out of 10 this week. I thought it was a really strong show. A couple of little bits in between that I didn't like, but overall, that was good. But guys, uh, this has been Hitting the Turnbuckle uh, channel. We are back. I'll be back with an NWA review uh, a bit later on. That will, that will go out on Thursday. Uh, and on Thursday night, we have part two uh, with Eric Bischoff, myself, Dave, and Fiona Lochran will be on that. Next Thursday, we're sitting down with the current NWA a US champion, uh, Big Strong Mims. Michael Mims will be joining us for a conversation as well. Obviously, we're getting some more sponsors. You'll see some being announced today, Wednesday, this evening. Keep a knock on the social media for that. There'll be more coming uh, over the next weeks and months as well. But follow us on Twitter at HTT Buckle. Follow him. Just type in Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast on all other social media platforms and you will see us there. We're also going to be at Sacrifice Pro Wrestling on Sunday uh, to see CJ Carr, our good friend from Ignite, and uh, one of our new sponsors, Adonis Payne. But until next time, everybody, this has been the Hitting the Turnbuckle show. I have been your host, Adam Cousins. Buckle down and stay safe.